Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air Yeah And the screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill Ready It's a dangerous so. love affair Come on Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me so. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who gon' run this town tonight Hey, welcome to the Formula Sports Talk We are live here in Arizona We got Alex Clancy in the studio as usual Deborah Debris We will also get a Clancy's Corner, and we're going to get down and dirty with Deborah. And again, we have Cindy in the studio. Who And I think she's just working. But we got a lot to talk about. Uh, both of you guys got uh, good stuff coming up. Uh, Super Bowl, you guys didn't go out to the open. I know you were down at the... Uh, I went out to the open. Did you? Yeah. Why you didn't text me or call me? Uh, I was eating. Why didn't you text or call me, dude? I told you before we <laughs> left here last week. I tried looking for you. You and can't I find didn't me in the booth. I was looking for you wherever you were supposed to be, and I didn't find out where you were supposed to be. I was in the, so. uh, the Cardinals had a booth, but they was also oh, okay. uh, with somebody else. But it was it was great up there, it eating, was eating and drinking. Beautiful weather, too. I met some yeah. guys um, on the Chevron gas station, so that was good. <laughs> own, not, Is that a discount now? Not work at a uh, Chevron, own a Chevron. I used to own a Texaco service station back in Illinois. Yeah, well, this, Seriously. this gas is mm-hmm. driving me crazy, man, for... No. What is our gas going to go down? I don't know. It profits <laughs> profits in the back room. It's not in the gas yeah. unless you got multiples. Back room? Big multiples. What's in the back room? Back room is uh, where you work on the vehicles. Oh, oh. Yeah. no, no. That's what you did, right? That's, yeah. yeah that's, no, I'm talking about the gas. <laughs> we didn't place bets or anything like oh, that. Oh, free yeah, car wash yeah, and uh, run a the, game. the, the yeah. gas and stuff like that. But the Super Bowl, that was a pretty good Super Bowl we had. I, was. I, was, I was actually pulling for, I'm trying to figure out if I was pulling for New York or Eli. Either way, I won. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, it was a good, it was a good Super Bowl. I was praying that they wouldn't win by four. I got a text from him. <laughs> I got a text from him tw- uh, twenty minutes before the game, and he was like, "New York Giants plus four. Yeah. And then, of course, if Ahmad Bradshaw goes down like he's supposed to, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I already, if, pro- if, I already full sight that. Yeah, I already yeah. full sighted. Uh, saw that the uh, he saw the vision. Four, he he yeah. would have found a way to be right, even if he was wrong, though. <laughs> By four and on, um, but you know what? Let's, let me. We'll get to that football real quick because I know uh, it may tie a little bit into the Clancy's corner, uh, just a tad bit. But the uh, golf tournament, yeah. it, it was, it was, you know, the guy who won. Let me think of his name. Stanley. Stanley. Yeah, Kyle Stanley. What, what was amazing about that it was kind of like a Roy McIlroy. Exactly. And, you know, this guy <laughs> lost. He had the three-stroke lead on 18 last mm-hmm. year, last week. And he he blew it. He blew it big time. And that had to be the worst feeling. Just the the emotional ride from week to week, and that you go on anyway. But the at that level, then he comes back from a, someone having a six stroke lead and an eighteen. I mean, on the last day, and he wins it. I was I was happy for that guy more than anybody that was out there. What that will do for him mentally and emotionally to come back that yeah. fast, just like McElroy did. Yeah. 
and to be able to know that, you know, in his entire body that he can do it, I mean, that's huge. He'll never feel like he's out of a match. Absolutely. And that, and that is a good yeah. feeling. Like, you always, and, and it holds true to him that it's never over until it's over. That's right. Yeah, but which one? And which everybody one, else out there, too. Right. Which one will resonate more, though? The one where he had the lead. So say he has a lead. He was in two very different situations. So he has the lead going in, say, next week. He has the lead going into the final round. Do you think that... Do you think that this week will completely go away because it was a completely different he situation? Has to, he has to choose which memory he wants to remember. He can remember the loss and what happened, or he can remember um, the win and how he was able to forge ahead even after being behind. And, and that's a choice and in the I moment. And I think um, losing might have helped him in the long run because yeah, you can learn a lot. Some people just choose not to learn anything from losing mm-hmm. or being in a bad experience or a negative environment. If you don't learn from that, you're going to always put yourself, find yourself in that situation. I think he'll win. I think he'll be more competitive this year. It's kind of, I want to say win more, but it's tough to win out too. Mm-hmm. And then all those guys are good. I, you know, I like to think I can go out there and play with them, yeah. but there is something they do that keeps them on tour, and it's not always putting. They might just have a great short game or something like That's that. Right. Where greens, it's yeah. Con- well, it's consistency. Yeah, and every, everyone says putting, but you do have to make putts, but you can chip it close enough where you can tap it in. But this guy, I think losing that uh, two weeks ago is going to help him more than just winning that one. And it actually helped him for the Waste Management right. Phoenix Open. It helped him for that. But at, down the long run, I think he'll benefit more. And to his defense, the pin placement Sundays at Torrey Pines is so difficult. So if it's your first time playing that course, like I, I was lucky enough to work on that course. So I saw a lot of people put the ball in the water when they weren't supposed to. Mm-hmm. When when they were getting too overzealous on 18, trying to trying to put up a low score and and it bit him and it obviously bit him uh, the first time he played it on, on in the fourth round. Well, my golfer buddies tell me that you know he played a lot of really good shots. Mm-hmm. He just didn't play the right shots. Well, you know, Tor- for the game that he at Tory for, yeah. uh, for the uh, 18th hole. Right. You exactly. know sometimes I know Tiger and he said this plenty of times. That, well, everyone says about him. He puts himself in the lead on for Sundays where he can just make pars. And you don't have to do anything extraordinary. Yeah, you don't have to be special. You just have to be consistent. Just like yeah. the uh, Tory Pines going for those pins, that those pins are put in place to get you in trouble. That's so right. You want to be a you. There's a as opposite ends of your winning and losing, going for those pins. Hero or zero. Yep. Yeah. And he, um, you know, he was in a situation three stroke lead. Just make pars, get birdies when you can get them. Yeah, lay that yeah. puppy up there and then yeah. then knock it in. Because yeah, yeah. it's tough out there to make him. I mean, pars. You think that everyone should be able to make par, but the hole is designed, or a birdie, like a par three or something like that, or a yeah. par five. The hole is designed mm-hmm. for you to only make par. Yeah, the course is designed to challenge you. Right. To challenge the best of the very best and see how good you really are. And the, the reality is if you don't play your opponent and play the course, your opportunity to win is so much greater. I should have got uh, Andy Walker up here. Uh, I should have. I worked with him yesterday. I'm heading over. Uh, the Legacy? I'm heading over to, no, to, well, I worked with him at the Legacy, but I'm heading over to uh, Northern Trust uh, mm-hmm. next week to work with him b- behind the ropes as he gets ready for that tournament. Legacy is a good golf course. They need to give me free membership over there. I'm going to have to see who I got strong on. Um, but Andy told me to come <laughs> over there anytime. So it was, it's yeah. good stuff. Uh, it was a good day to be out there. Yeah. So he's ready. Is he ready? He's ready. Get he's, ready. I'm telling you, he's uh, he's he's got his game on. Well, we're gonna have to, uh, you know what? Well, you uh, worked with him, so I'm gonna make a text to him, and s- that way we corner him like JFK. And uh, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. <laughs> we get him. Uh, we get him in here to talk a little bit about golf before he before he call in, and he do. He's a good guy. He's always been the same guy yep. since I met him. And right, we got that football. Let's get back to let's go to the football now, because uh, 
before we go into our last segment. Again, the second segment coming up, uh, coming up with Clancy's Corner. Um, you guys' weekend before we move for that? Was it, how was it? Well, other, other than yeah, the weekend. Other than I watching the Super Bowl, you were sick. Yeah, I would. I had to take a go. I was supposed to be with you on Saturday at the at the open, but I was on the couch. Were you? Yeah. I don't know. I had a ticket before you did. What are you, you didn't talking get about? The memo you, either. you didn't have no ticket before I did. Hey, I'm the one that got your buddy in to eat and free, eat and drink free. Ever, ever joke, man? Oh, I know. I thought you were serious. I was. No. I wasn't serious anyway. I'm not. Look, when I come in here, I'm in the studio, so we know. I'm never serious. I understand. Unless I smack somebody, and then I, that's when it gets heated. No, no, we always gonna have fun in here, man. That's no, but it was the weekend was good, and you were sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It went over. suck. You still sick? No, yours is no. I'm good. You look like you're still sick. I am a little bit sick. Yeah, this white mask I have on is just for, <laughs> no. <laughs> just because I'm of the illness. I'm, I'm not normally this white. <laughs> you look like you still like you got some. Is it contagious? Yep. <laughs> and you don't came don't touch me there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So man. I went and saw Contraband. Good, was that good movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I got to get back into the movie going yeah. because I was I was heavy into the movies. I love the movies. Like, a I couple like, weeks before that, I went and saw the Iron Rand movie, which I love her stuff. Was that good? Oh yeah, yeah. Have Ella you Shrug guys ever seen uh, Black Swan? Oh yeah, uh, Natalie Portman. I watched that yeah. a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah. that was a pretty. That's an intense uh, movie. It'll yeah. keep you thinking. Yeah, yeah thinking. So I like going to the movies like matinee when nobody's in there and I'm in mm. there by myself. So I, I, Denzel's I, coming up again too, man. I love I his know. stuff. He he's so good. That yeah. he don't even promote his movies. They just come out a week before they're supposed to come out, yeah. and, and and then it's a you know a box office hit. But not only is he good to look at, he's a great actor, and you turn around and he makes such good choices in his movies that right. they're so entertaining. Well, I yeah. wish you would do a comedy. I'm kind of sick of the uh, like like uh, Rob- against the world kind of thing. Whatever he plays, he's always well, against the world. I like the-, the hurricane. Well, the hurricane was against the world too. Well, her- the world <laughs> no, the world was against hurricane. But, sure. but I, I know what you're saying. Like Robin De Niro, I always seen him in gangster movies, and he is a funny guy. Yeah, he yeah. Is. Meet, I mean, meet yeah. the parents. He is hilarious. Yes, yes. But uh, yeah, no Denzel man, he's he. They like you said there. Him, he and um, Will Smith. Mm-hmm. They pick their movies. They That's do right. one future movie every year. Right. Like Will Smith, he haven't been out since because I think him and Jada still swinging. Mm. But he hasn't. Done, he hasn't been in a uh, movie in a part of a good two years. Right. Men in Black supposed to come back out or something. Yeah, oh. I don't know. I oh. I heard. I watched the um, George Clooney um, actors studio interview type mm-hmm. thing to a two hour deal. That was pretty cool because he even talks about. How he goes overseas and does commercials, like coffee commercials right. and stuff, to make buku bucks yeah. so that he can turn around and come back to the States and make movies that he wants to make that are very low budget, right. but they have you know meaning behind them. That's, so. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Will Smith was offered The Matrix before Keanu Reeves? I did, and that was interesting, too. Now, sometimes a lot of them turn down a lot of movies that go... To be mega hits, it was another one. Well, he he picked Wild Wild West instead of yeah. uh, instead well, of Matrix. Wild Wild West, um, oh, did no. real well. Yeah, real. <laughs> <laughs> was a, compared to the Matrix. The yeah. Matrix. I don't know how you waited. The Matrix was outstanding too. Yeah, it's more Illuminati though than anything. Yeah. Uh, Red color. Crypt- yeah. yeah, yeah. It's more Bill cryptic. excellent adventure leading the show. It's more cryptic than anything. But look, we uh, <laughs> 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 we got like about three and a half minutes of break. Let's get into the Super Bowl before we get because we want to talk about the Super Bowl um, mm. here and then. I know Alex got some stuff coming up and probably fourth segment. But um, the uh, winning, how you define that game with, with the. Uh, Everything taking place, and then, uh, and I don't want. Hopefully, not, I won't get into your stuff. No, that's all right. Everything taking place in Indianapolis, Eli being there. Um, more so, let me ask you this: Tom Brady's wife. Huh? 
Did she just mess that locker room up, that team up for good? Oh, it didn't help anything, that's yeah. for darn sure. There's no way she should have, uh, I don't think she should have said that. No, what, that's she? why, this is why, precisely why, when we go after a game into the locker room, they give us 20 minutes before they walk in that's because right. you say something. Now, she, she's been a model all her life. Um, she's uh, huge, her career. internationally huge. Right. Yeah. You she don't made, play football. And she made two mistakes. One, she opened her mouth. Mm-hmm. And the second thing, <laughs> and the second something. part of the, the mistake is that she said something against her own team. Right, Which, right. I mean, that's family for yep. her as well. When she's part of it, to, you know, it makes it so difficult for her husband, who she was looking to defend, mm-hmm. to go back into that locker room and now have to apologize to people he loves for somebody he loves. Was she, she, was wrong, was she yeah. wrong, though? She was, uh, yeah, she was wrong. Yeah. She was wrong for bringing that out. No, no, no. no, no, no. Was she wrong with what she said? If Tom, not, not how she said it was she wrong with the actual she was wrong she was for saying it in public. argument for saying it in public she was wrong, she was wrong for defending now, against somebody who was making some stupid ass excuse me stupid comment stupid ass comment, stupid stupid ass ass comment. comment. Yeah. yeah i mean when you have a bully in your midst you don't respond to the bully because then you're into their energy and you've just they lost. They draw passes. Well, let me, okay, but let <laughs> well, me tell you. That's, not, well, the, that's the, not the point. No, she, first of all, she opened her mouth. But I'll say this, and I want to stay on her for the next two minutes. But offensive linemen can say the same thing to Tom Brady. Receivers can say the same thing to Tom Brady. I can't throw it and catch it at the same time. He does, As good as we know Tom Brady to be, he doesn't always have a perfect game every week. I agree. And everything has to take place for him to do that. So when they do their job, he better be doing his job, and vice versa. They drop passes, but the issue, the concern is, don't open your mouth if you don't know what's going on. She don't go to their meetings, their practices. Right. She's not in the locker room. She doesn't know the nuances of the game. Exactly. She shows up and drinks wine. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I just hope this doesn't turn into the Jessica Simpson effect with Tony Romo. Because he hasn't won jack he was since she oh, came that, out. That's already so, been said for, for, for some time. Yeah. Well, since Giselle came in. But right. they started dating right around when his knee got shattered, right? It was right around that area. So which one, which he, one is more important? Why he haven't they won? He was what? in a, a, a vulnerable state, and she came in, and it was easy. <laughs> It was easy. Yeah. Fair enough. It was uh, easy. Everybody's looking for a finger to point. It was easy. If she shouldn't yeah. run her mouth, I'm talking about she, she could say I I said it, but I didn't say it to for everybody to hear for you know, that's close to home. That's family right there. You said it to some guys that's going to look at you, tell your wife shut her mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's right now. Now we get in a fight because you're telling me to tell my wife that's shut right. her mouth. But you know what? They, they've um opened, she opened her mouth and opened up the uh, avenue just Get into those conversations. Well, I mean, and the ha- it comes down to it that they were still a Mario Manningham perfect pass and catch away from winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Or a Wes Welker catching his 100, you know, he had 122 catches mm-hmm. in the regular season, catching one of the semi-easiest balls he's had to catch. I mean... Right. Well, you know what? It happens. Uh, it happens, but you don't think he had to catch that, but Wes Welker did have to turn around and do a, a 1360. It was close to it. But he had to turn around to catch it. And I said... He make all those catches all year long. He got to catch that. But I mean, you're right. She she was wrong for doing what she did. But she was saying what everybody else was thinking. Yeah, but you know but what? She was just what she's just not can, a credible source. They can do which it. It's fine. They can do it. Somebody else saying it, like a like a regular fan saying it, means nothing. She's saying it. He has to go into the locker room. That's right. The fan doesn't. He has to go into the locker room. And you can't defend yourself against stupidity. Right. You know, when somebody's out there, you know, hollering stuff out that's, you know, drunk and stupid, and then you're going to jump into that conversation. You know, it's crazy. Right. Hating on Giselle. No, I'm not. I'm just no, she's she just she made a bad choice. That's a dumb I, decision. I, I that's fine. I, I, I agree. No, I'm just saying you just don't do that. That's they got to play together. That's well, a she could have either said 
absolutely nothing, or she could have said something like, I love my husband, I love this organization. Right. I don't think, but I don't think it's that, when it comes down to it, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, because it's Tom Brady. I think we it's will take Tom a break. And, uh, <laughs> it, I, I, me off? I think it, uh, no, Alex, I think it is. I think once, it's a big deal. Once it's said, you can't take it back. Yeah, yeah I I don't, but I don't good. think it's going to be a big deal months down the road. It's mm. not. Because it's Tom Brady. Had that been Donald McNabb, you'd been all on him and his wife. Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. We'd be how, back. How many about, Super Bowls has uh, Donald McNabb won? He, he's been there. How, he's been there. How many so is Jim to? Kelly. Huh? So is Jim Kelly. Yeah, well, they're stupid wives. They, you know, their wives ain't saying say anything stupid. Monk, take it out for me. <laughs> <laughs> internet flagship station for sports voice america sports tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond listen for the comeback radio show with tony farmer a lot of people believe what they read on the internet hear and see in the media and on the news we're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Welcome back to the Formula Sports Talk. We're talking about uh, Giselle. What's her last name again? Bunchen. Bunchen. Giselle Bunchen. Brady. Yeah, Brady. Well, if you would you want your uh, wife to change? I know it might be business. She can't. She can't change her name. No shot. Why? Because it's the whole allure. She's not from here. She's from Giselle she Clancy. From Brazil or something. Giselle Clancy. You don't want to have, have Gis- Brazilian Irish name. That's what I'm talking about. So well, everybody <laughs> mixed. Everybody's mixed with something. But Come me. on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about her, but you know what? It's uh, it's unfortunate she had to say something because I would have. We are. I think we might have all said the thing, same thing, but in our homes and stuff like that. You because you want, especially if you're rooting for the Patriots, you want him to make that catch. Make you know he's made that catch all year. Also has uh, Dion made a catch all year. It's, well, it's, it's a bigger game. And it's understandable that you want to defend your husband. And also when you've had those conversations at home, you've had the hopes and the dreams, and you've heard his hopes and dreams, you love him, you care about him, somebody says something nasty, you want to respond. Um, so it's understandable. It's just not the yeah. right thing to do. For her to say something like that, they've had to been having football conversations at home because she she was too passionate about it, too much into it. Well, you're talking about well, when you win, baby, here's where we're gonna go. Here's uh-huh. what we're gonna do. Disneyland's on its way. Yeah, oh, Disney you know, World that, for um, uh, Eli Manning. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> we'll we get into that though. Let, let's get into uh, Clancy <laughs> Corner right now. All right, we we kind of segued right into it. Uh, the huge trending topic has been. Who will go down as the best ever, Peyton or Eli? This turned from a brewing question into one that actually has some sort of sustenance after Eli just won his second Super Bowl. But the question still remains, you know, Peyton or Eli? 
uh, if you think you have an answer to the question now, you're completely delusional. Everything's speculative. Everything was, well, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. But there's some things that we do know now. Eli has more Super Bowls. Correct. He has two. Peyton has one. Peyton has not retired yet. He's still got plenty of miles to burn if his neck stays intact. If his neck doesn't stay intact, then I think the question is, the answer is yes. Eli will go, go down as the better Manning ever. Do I agree with it? No. I don't agree with it because Peyton Manning has shattered 40. He has 40 single season records. 40, 4-0. That is ridiculous. Let me give you. Let me run down a couple of uh, couple of them. Most seasons with at least 4,000 yards passing. Most games with a perfect passer rating. Most games with at least 300 passing yards, which is 63 in 13 seasons. Largest career touchdown interception differential. 201 more touchdowns and interceptions. That alone is is definitely pause to pause to look at. But the truth again. Super Bowls are what quarterbacks are ranked upon. Now, to, now, not to say that Ben Roethlisberger having two, two uh, Super Bowls and Dan Marino having zero is not, to me, saying that Big Ben is a better quarterback than Dan Marino was, which is ridiculous. Big Ben had a running game and a defense and a Santonio Holmes catch that wasn't a catch at all against Arizona. But let's look at Peyton's playoff records, because that's really what it comes down to. It. You make the playoffs. Peyton's won numerous amounts of regular season games. You know, uh, they went. They started twelve and zero several years in a row. Uh, it, you know, it, it clustered together. When they won the Super Bowl, Peyton threw for thir- uh, one thousand thirty-four yards in four games. That's a little bit over two hundred fifty a game. Three touchdowns and seven interceptions. They didn't win the Super Bowl. They just didn't lose it. He, their team won that Super Bowl. Peyton didn't do anything to help them. So, when it comes down to it, Eli has two, Peyton has one. That's what people are going to look at. But I'm going to leave you with two things. One, would this be as big of a deal if Eli didn't play in New York? Say he played in Tampa Bay or Jacksonville. The big market team playing in the Meadowlands in the cold, would it be that big of a deal? And number two... Eli is a David Tyree catch and Mario Manningham catch, plus a Wes Walker drop from being 0-2 in the Super Bowls and not 2-0. So, I mean, granted, luck is a part of it, but I still think that Peyton's numbers speak for themselves, and unless Eli wins one more, I think Peyton will still go down as the better Manning between the two. Well, I think um, you talk about Super Bowls. I think Jim Kelly is still one of the best quarterbacks ever played the game. Not having a Super Bowl ring, going four times. Uh, Eli having two, Peyton has one. Peyton played in two Super Bowls. Correct. Uh, Eli played in two. He just capitalized uh, or had a better team on that day than what uh, Eli than Peyton had with his coach. Now I've always said the offense that that team is predicated on what Peyton Manning does in the football game in Indianapolis Colts. He puts up enough points or controls the game. He he snaps the ball, but probably with three seconds left, controlling the clock. Running the ball when they do it is successful because he's he's probably one of the the better handoff fake handoff uh, guys at that quarterback position. Now Eli having to um, Peyton would still Peyton would still probably be with the numbers he have put up and the records he have. You know he still would be that guy because everyone's saying he's arguably the smartest quarterback. I've I played against him and I've seen the things he's done on the football field and I thought he was like I thought he was a genius. I said. If he decides that he want to be an offensive coach and probably a head coach, he probably can do that. But 
there's a lot of things he won't be able to control. Like you can do the X's and O's, but you got to be able to control. I mean, maybe he can control putting who he has on the football field. It's the same thing with the the drops and and the uh, the passes that um, Eli threw that he catch. Eli could only control what he can control. He threw the ball. Now is that was his part of the business. Now they have to catch the ball. He has no control on, over uh, Tom Brady's throw to Wes Walker and him dropping it. The Super Bowls played at a high level emotionally, and those guys get out there. And you even see Gronkowski trying to play because that adrenaline and then a shot in his ankle allows him to do that, which I thought would hurt him in the long run. You didn't don't have don't ruin the rest of your career trying to play in one game. Would you have played if you were him? If I had that same, I don't know, because I because you know what I asked myself that good question because Terrell Owens come back from a broken leg within three weeks and plays in the Super Bowl and had a Huge game, and they lose to the um, or the Philadelphia Eagles. Patriots. And the Patriots. They lose yeah. to the Patriots. Um, but he had a broken, a real broken leg. He had a broken leg, and he comes out play. And at the receiver position, I say it's tough because he has to plant and cut. He yeah. has to you sprint. Got those cuts he got, on that leg. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now Gronkowski, he had a high ankle sprain. I watched Pat Tillman come back from one of those and play at a at a high, <clears throat> excuse me at a high level. Didn't even um, didn't even complain about it once. Just kept getting treatment over it, mm-hmm. and he wanted to play the next week. But it, I think it depends on the person and your tolerance of pain. And then it being a Super Bowl probably make that decision closer to plan than not than anything. And you're going to make a decision based on again, it's the Super Bowl, and you want to be you know the guys that I work with too. They they want to be in the game. Mm-hmm. You know they don't want to be on the sideline. They don't want to be second string go in kind of maybe almost sometime in the game. They want to be in. The game, so they're going to do whatever they have to do, lie to their coaches, whatever, to just get me in there and let me help. Here's why. Um, here's probably one of the reasons why Peyton Manning would still be the top guy in that family over Eli, because how Eli came out of college, and I was playing with the Chargers when he did this, and he just he was adamant about I'm not playing for the Chargers or I go mm-hmm. back and drive. That was his dad. Playing. That wasn't yeah, him. I know it was his dad, but it was Eli's getting all it. His dad should stay out of their business because they're, they're adults <laughs> now. But as a parent, you taking care of your kids. Right. Um, it was his dad, but everyone's saying it's Eli. Um, Eli was the um, focal point of it. Oh, yeah. He's not going to the uh, Chargers, and they end up getting Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. He goes to New York. Uh, see, I'm more impressed with Eli for playing in New York and playing in New York at a high level. Right. And winning two Super Bowls. And he looked really bad his rookie and, and sophomore years. Yeah, I think he looked really bad. Yeah. Well, but this it, is one of his best years ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that he's done throughout the year and go through the, you know, the losses and stuff, and then as a as an entire team come back from that and end up in the Super Bowl and, with, and winning it is great. And with that, even with that running offense, even though they they were both hurt this year at one point, uh, Jacobs and Bradshaw, he threw this year for more yards than Payne has ever thrown. In any season. Yeah. By like 250 yards or something. Well, and I think when you look at the two of them, too, you have to ask yourself, not only what are the stats, you know, who's got more stats on the books or, you know, broken more records or that type of thing. It's who's brought more to the game. And it, I think the answer would be Peyton. Peyton is, uh, yeah. So I think Peyton, I, if I um, if I had th- uh, anything to say about it, or I would say Peyton's brought more to football than Eli has. Even though Eli's numbers, he has... What every kid says they playing football for. There's a lot of kids. A lot of people come in, don't go to the Super Bowl because they play for the money right away. Right. You want to win the Super Bowl. You, I mean, that's the, that's the dream that's you have. That's the elite. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the dream you have as a kid. Right. If you saying you're gonna play in the National Football League, the next thing is you're gonna play in the Super Bowl. That's right. And you're gonna win the Super Bowl. It's gonna come down to you making a play. Mm-hmm. And Eli has done that. He's and he has more years than Peyton to do it. He has uh, probably a better. T- 
he definitely has a better team than Peyton to do it. Peyton makes the uh, Indianapolis Colts Look relevant. They, yeah. He makes that team relevant. I've always thought Houston, Texas had the better team, but Peyton Manning was the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Always beat those guys. Right. I think the Texans could have made the Super Bowl if everybody stayed healthy this year. Yeah, well, if everybody stayed Just healthy for this year, note. I think um, Green Bay would have probably been in. Well, the um, the uh, New Orleans Saints could have been in. There's a lot of teams that could have been in for Philadelphia if guys stay healthy. And, and that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys because you talk about the health and you talk. Well, you yeah, talk about three biggest: their quarterback, their best, their best defensive player, and their and their stud uh, super, uh, Pro Bowl receiver all got hurt. It happens. It happens, and then teams still go to the Super Bowl. Well, Giants well, had I mean, a lot they got of to the, injuries. And yeah, stuff. Giants had. They yeah. didn't have a running game that you just mentioned. They didn't have a running game, so Eli was. It was their running game was predicated on quick yeah. passes. Yeah, they had to constantly adjust yeah. and readjust. Yeah, uh, a, I mean, and C. but they had also had a three-headed monster in the receiving core, so it's kind of easier to fall back on that. Yeah. yeah, but you have a rookie quarterback in Houston playing with a banged-up stud uh, uh, Pro Bowl receiver and Arian Foster. They were they were just leaned on Arian Foster and Ben Tate to get him through. If Chicago wouldn't have lost their quarterback and running that's back, true. They I could agree. Have been it. Yes, they, they could. Have. Maybe almost if. Yeah, for the all Super, of them. Exactly. Super Bowl is not played just on the, on that game day and on grass. As a coach, you got to manage to who you want to. If this happened, worst case scenario, I got to have this guy in. That's why you have second and third strings. Mainly second strings. It's not that many third strings in the league, but you, that's why you have the next guy should be ready to play. He might not. He may not be as. Sometimes he is better than the guy to starting, but it's a whole lot of politics involved. Another story, another day. Uh, but you got to have that guy coming up next, ready to play. Well, even you, the practice squad. I have a couple guys on the. You know, they were on the practice squad. They ended up being signed into the fifty-three and are, are out on the field playing on the. You know, the first games. They've all got to be ready to go. Didn't yeah. that guy get cut? Who caught the interception? That big uh, the lineman linebacker. Oh, he had been cut and come back. He again. cut yeah, and came back. Exactly. Ready to play. Mm-hmm. He, he catches the interception. Learned those plays. A huge, a huge um, play that Tom Brady just threw down the field. Yeah. Now, we talk how great Tom Brady, you see that pass, he just threw that ball up. Right. Thinking it's going to be a jump ball. Man, that guy was, that was a great play. Look at the play. hands yeah. to pull that in. Pull it in. Yeah. I'm thinking it'll be a pass deflection. He's He has uh, control over the situation being in front of the guy. Just the the, the receiver should have became a defender at that point and knocked it out of his hand. Mm-hmm. That was a huge play. Oh, that could have been crucial for uh, the New York Giants. Kept his feet in and yeah. two guys around him. So. Yeah. Well, that was the classic corners. Uh, always good stuff. Um, you know, we we got a down and dirty with Deborah coming up. Always another good topic coming up. Uh, Quam Live Sports Talk. We'll be back in about 69. Three and a half seconds. 69. <laughs> I got to relax today. I got to run to the bathroom. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Uh, Kwame has stepped out for a moment. We have Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris, and Cindy in studio. It is time for Down and Dirty with Deborah. Hi, Kwame. Hey, it is February, which is the uh, the month of love, and I want to talk about why love is necessary to win. Love is one of the most powerful emotions that we can have. When we're in love, we do crazy things. We do things that are out of character. We do things that are courageous, all in the name of love. When I heard Tom Coughlin talking about the New York Giants and and uh, some of the things that were said in the locker room before the game, he said, you know, we're going to do this because we love it, because we love the game, because we love each other, because we're passionate. So we're going to do it for the love of doing it. I ask my clients all the time in the very beginning, why? You know, why do you do it? Why do you play whatever sport that they're playing in? And one of the first things they say is, because I love it. And I ask them, all right, so let's go a little bit deeper about that. You know, what is it that you love? And some of the answers, you know, I love the game. I love my teammates. I love the competition. I love being able to provide better for my family. And one of the overriding answers is I love getting better. You know, I love achieving and being better than what I was before. Nobody, uh, very seldom is win in there. If it is, it's somewhere down the line because win is actually the result. It's not what you, it's, you have to do all the other parts of it in order to get the win. So love is one of the best emotions that you can use in a game. So let me break that down a little bit of how you can use that. I was working with an athlete the other day out on the putting, uh, putting green and I asked him about, uh, so what's your goal? You know, I, you know, when you're golfing, you're always looking at the target. You know, what's your target? What's your goal? And he says, well, I want to get the ball in the hole. I said, okay, dude, I got that. So, you know, what else? He says, well, you know, part of my goal is I've got to get my hips this way and my shoulders that way, and I've got to see the line, you know, and that type of thing. I said, well, what's the result of that? And he says, well, I, you know, I hear that ball drop into the cup. So now we have all that emotional and the sound and everything involved into the emotion. And I said, okay, so what do you love about that? And he kind of looked at me and says, because I did it. And I said, that's exactly what I'm looking for. It's that feeling of you as an individual being able to take all the skills and the talents and the capabilities that you have, loving what you do and putting it all together to get the end result, which is that moment-to-moment, the best play that you can make, the best, you know, as a receiver, you feel that ball drop into your fingertips and then you bring it in in the acceleration of the run. Or a defender who, you know, got his man, you know, got his man and, and won that that position in that moment he was the winner he loves the feeling of doing his job well and that's one of the things we want to always recreate you know when you win at something and you turn around and you look at the gallery or you look at the sidelines and people are smiling jumping up and down and cheering or you're doing your dance in the end zone whatever it is it's that feeling of love when you can bring that into the sport at all levels 
then you've really got something. Then it goes beyond just being an average, I'm a pretty good player, to I'm back to being one of those elite players. I sent a text message to one of my veterans the other day prior to even thinking about this conversation, and I just sent him one that said, you know, love the one you're with, especially if you're all alone. Because you've got to love yourself first and love every aspect and know specifically exactly what you love about yourself before you can love anybody else at a deeper level. So when you can love the sport and love what you do within the sport, then you can serve the sport and your teammates at a much higher level. And the win will come because of a result. That's good stuff. You know, I I think uh, a lot of things get misconstrued when you take the love out of it. You you forget why you got into it um, with anything. And here's what I like about it. When you, you think about something, you write it down, you plan it, you go through the uh, act, and you accomplish everything you feel. That's like the best feeling ever uh, to me in the world. That's better than uh, everything else. Everything. Uh, when you can plan it out. Even sex, Alex, while you're looking at me like I'm crazy. It's better than the sex. Uh, <laughs> I want to see the pictures much. you draw for that. <laughs> yeah, <they're> right there. <laughs> but when you, plan, when, you, when, you, when you think something, for example, the, the, getting into the game of football and you loving the game, and you're playing it at a high level, but from a kid, you was thinking about this in your bed, talking mm-hmm. to your brother, um, going on the street, playing uh, football games right. against the neighborhood. Pick up games. Pick whatever. up games. Yeah. So you go to, uh, now you're playing in high school. You're playing against these different mm-hmm. rivalries, and some of, most of them your friends. And everything was planned out, and you can see it happen in slow motion because you've already seen this before. That's what I love about it. And then you're going to college, and you're playing against some guys, and you see those same guys in the pros, and you're still game planning them. But mm-hmm. everything's so slow. Because you have already seen this before. I love that. Uh, it's like one of the greatest feelings. Yeah. It's kind of like deja vu to me. But I love that part of it. It's one of the greatest feelings uh, to me in the world. Well, that's the thing. And love love overrides any other feeling that you might have. So when you can go back and you know, really get in that feeling of what in this particular instance did I love about what I accomplished. Even if the end result wasn't quite what you wanted. You can adjust and get a better end result if you can look at the aspects that you did really well and then adjust the ones that need to be adjusted in order to get that end result. What about this? You you say love is one of the greatest. What about uh, like disappointment, like anger or something like that? Is that just on the opposite end of it, or is love, it is. love is at the at love the top? is at the well? You've got if you were to look at it as a a rainbow or an arch or whatever, that on one side you have love, on the opposite side is typically fear. Mm. And fear, there's a lot of aspects of fear is anxiety and frustration and anger and all those things are because you fear something that all those other feelings come up with it. Yeah, and I don't think you can accomplish anything through fear. In fact, you become more uh, disruptive to yourself in fear. If, well, if you can mm-hmm. you can love and respect somebody, but if you feel that person, you're going to mm-hmm. do something crazy That's uh, right. to get that person away from you because you don't like that feeling mm-hmm. when you're around. So I think like anything with fear, you can never accomplish. You can you rarely, rarely well, we, is going to accomplish your goal. We typically run from fear. Mm-hmm. We run towards love. So when you can be in that, you know, think about when you're running from something, the exhilaration of what that feels like mm-hmm. in your body when you're running from something, it's not a really good feeling. No. You know, you're mm-hmm. in that fight or flight. You're in, the, in an area where you cannot ever perform at your very best. When you're running towards something, you know, because you love it, now you're in a whole different mind frame. Your body responds differently. The chemicals within your body respond more, differently. More fluent, too. Exactly. Now, do you think that with the whole, I don't, I don't want to bring him up, but Brett Favre playing however many years he did because he loved the game of football, do you think it's his fault that everybody, I mean, he played because he loved it. I, I would, I would. He played every second because that's what he wanted to do. 
and he loved it, and he was good at it for ninety five percent of the time. Do you f- like? And does it correlate? Or is it? Or are you talking about more like what's what's the question? I think he loved uh, he loved football, but I think he loved that when he when he got to that point when he's you know when he went to Minnesota, then went to the Jets. I said that's not Brett Favre. That's not the one we want to see go out. But he loved the game, like you said. But I think more than that, he loved the attention that he got. Right. Brett Favre loved more of the attention, which is the wrong focus. So let's say you get an athlete that they're towards the end of their career. And they played their entire career, let's say, for instance, I don't know if it was him or not, but whoever, they they played their entire career for the love of the game, the yeah. love of do, getting better and getting better and getting better and, and being part of the team and those type of things. And then they get towards their end, end of their career, they can move into fear. Fear of, holy man, what, what am, am I, I going to do? When, yeah, exactly. What am yeah, I going to do next? With him, they they almost made it to the Super Bowl when, when New Orleans won it. Uh, when, when, Minnesota, Minnesota, when he was in Minnesota, he played hurt. He he never missed. He played hundreds and hundreds of games in a row. I wouldn't be doing that for attention. If he wanted to no. come back, he get hurt once, sit out. He gets paid. He's on the sidelines. He's getting the cameras on him all the time. Always getting interviewed. He played his ass off, hurt, crying, whatever, broken hand, broken finger. He always played. So how is that not love for the game when he when he plays for nineteen twenty years? Because every year he says he's gonna retire, and then he come back. Yeah, so he that's attention. That's when attention. he's on the field, well, but it's all. About, maybe he didn't know. He didn't I, know. Listen, I've return? never held this side of the argument ever. I always thought that he it was ridiculous what he was doing. But bringing this topic up. He loved to play football. And what he did with his PR, maybe he's a horrible PR person, he has horrible PR people, but on the field, you could tell he loved playing football. Nobody Every can deny touchdown. that. Brett Favre, you don't love playing, you do not love playing football when you don't, when you play that consecutive amount of games in a row. You don't say, you, I don't love the game. Maybe you, now you love to reach records and goals. One of the goals he was, Brett Favre didn't want to, he didn't want to sit out a game, but he had no choice because he was legitimately hurt, and he plays hurt, and that's probably one of the worst things ever for him is being hurt and not being on the field. Everyone knows, I know Brett Favre loves the game, but at the end of his career, you can't, don't keep telling me for three years in a row you're going to retire and sit out, and then you wait to the last minute for somebody to bring you in. He did the same thing for three years. Now, I'm not questioning his love for the game. I'm questioning his attention to the game now, the attention he wanted. Brett Favre don't need attention. He can walk off of Sunset and write books or do commercials still because he is Brett Favre and what he's done. And you can will yourself through a lot of things, yeah. too. I mean, he could love the game and will himself through a lot of things, and then it's what happens when you go home. What happens when you're off the field? What are the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions that you go through at that point, which nobody can answer for him. You know, but I always talk about, you know, when you're not in the best state uh, mentally and emotionally, you're going to lash out or lash in. We look at some of the things that have been happening over the last few years. You know, he's in, he went through some state of fear, whatever level that is, whenever it got towards the end of his career. And then it's like, well, what now? Who am I now when the spotlight's starting to dim? Before there was a Ben Roethlisberger, and we always talk about him playing hurt. I mean, he had, he hurts himself some most times off the field. Brett Favre was the guy who played hurt. Brett Favre was the guy who never missed a game. And you look at that guy and say, he has a passion for this sport. Right. He's a he had love of the game and the to courage win. to go through it. And he wanted yeah. to win. And he had this, uh, it's almost like out there playing a chess match with mm-hmm. the same thing. I want to be... You mean you create so much defense for me? You challenge my arm strength. He still, before he when he left out the game, he had one of the strongest arms in the game. The but, same thing with uh, John Elway, strongest arm in the game. Well, that's the thing. I don't want to take anything away from Brett Favre for what he has accomplished, because I mean he was one and is one hell of a player. It's what do you do when you reach certain junctures, and that's the part that I'm concerned about with any player in any, you know, in any. Um, 
field is what do you do when you reach those certain junctures? If you're not mentally and emotionally tough enough to handle the off the field as well as the on the field, then things are going to start to crumble. And sure. tough both as, places. I, yeah, as tough as Brett Favre is, as tough as I think he is, I think mm-hmm. he's one of the toughest guys. But saying putting tough in the same sentence as he has some fears of like mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do next. Like those commercials are easy. He makes those commercials in his sleep. Yeah, sit so on your hundreds of millions of dollars and right, right well, from the sunset. I, I, I wouldn't say all that, but I'm just on a you know a Wranglers commercial. I mean, you can make that <laughs> in your sleep. I, we can make one right now. Well, the thing the thing is too, and you, you might get hurt during the tape. The tame and train your beast. When I talk about the self identity aspect, when we as individuals as well as players on the field can love ourselves as much as we love the sport, now we've got the full package because now we're not dependent on that win we want the win we're always moving towards the win but we do it because we love ourselves and our team so much that we're willing to do whatever it takes to get better and better and better at our position mm-hmm. because we love the achievement right and i think and i think he lost that towards the end because his talent plateaued in 05 or oh, four. It's not like he was going to get any better. And I think right. that you're being very nice saying he was going to come back three times. It was like seven. <laughs> well, yeah, I am, it was like Green Bay times when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. That happened twice. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I'm just saying. <laughs> he just he that attention. That, yeah, he, I just, no, 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 I know. Well, we're gonna take a break. Squamla Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in the studio with uh, Cindy Liska. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia College sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. <laughs> Welcome back to the Formula Sports Talk. We live. We got the last segment. This is going to go by fast, as it usually do. Um, we do still got some decisions to make here at the studio. Hour, two hours. It's got a lot of stuff jumping off. So Seven hours. No, heck, no. <clears throat> I got so much like I okay. lined up all outside, you know, with some other stuff. So it's kind of it's tough for me. That's why I procrastinate. Aww. And I've never been a cross procrastinator. So I just sorry. went on my own time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. It's tough being you. Oh, you, no. you know what it is? I get migraines now. I, I was in. We'll a, talk. Uh, yeah, I get migraines. Seriously. Well, I've, I've always gotten migraines. I think football. I know football is giving me migraines and a whole lot of the stuff, but. um before this, we run out of this like three minute segment. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this: 
Do you think professional sports and professional organizations should, um, while they're in the lockout, rush to have a season? And I ask you this. I know it's profitable. I know there's so much billions of dollars to be made. But I say this because in football and basketball, we watch a lot of guys get hurt in football, and they're not going through. And you can argue that they're professionals. There's one thing working out with your teammates outside of the organization in a uh, non-structural mm-hmm. setting. It's a whole other thing being in the facilities and working out there, being a whole lot more competitive. Mm-hmm. But we watched a lot of football guys go down this year uh, because they did have a shortened and the most physical game, I think, football and hockey and rugby. Most physical game uh, being played, you need that type of pounding um, at a certain point throughout the offseason, and then you tone it down and get ready to build it back up. But now you're watching these basketball guys in the NBA go down with a lot of injuries. I mean, some of them are coming back from these injuries, but they are, they injuries all the same. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, I think that um, now I don't I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I you think can say it how you want to. Say no, no, no. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to word it how I want to say. You it. got some curse words in it. No. Uh, <laughs> you can, you I oh, damn I it. think <laughs> that. Well, I'm just gonna say it then. I think that the players are. Not dumb necessarily because they're being being treated unfairly, which is correct. But they're never going to get everything they want because they're not signing the paychecks. So until they come to some sort of agreement where they can curtail it or not have a lockout, have heated discussions behind the scenes, have something like that where progress can be made little by little instead of shutting the season down and then end up losing losing more. Like the NBA, they lost more than they than they wanted to gain. They went oh they went fifty one forty nine or almost fifty fifty and they had fifty seven forty three. They were offered fifty three percent of of the revenue and they didn't want it. And then they ended up losing three more percent plus losing almost all of the off season. And that's why people are getting hurt. I don't think um you know, you know what? I honestly believe you can have a heated argument, and that's just be what it is. That's just what it is because of the we're talking about certain things. We both, I think, arguments come when you feel passionate about something on both ends, on opposite ends. Like I feel one way about it, and you feel another way. Now we can't. We got to find a way to come to fifty-fifty to make it work. Because I don't think the owners being the ones signing the paycheck really matters that much. You gonna put some B leads guys out there, and then think you are gonna still get the same product with your TV revenue, with your marketing ability. When you got superstars like Amari Stoudemire out there, and you gonna get another guy just coming out of college, you can market him for a little while. He's the hottest thing in college, but he doesn't have that NBA experience. Now that's fine, but them signing checks is, is irrelevant to me because you got to have the right product. They're the ones with the money. You got well, the, 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 the the fans. I I, I will well, bet, I will put anything on this that th- those guys leave the NBA and call it something else and take those same guys somewhere. Right, that's different. NBA and NFL are completely different. The NFL players, I believe, are getting screwed because of the billion off the top for the owners, and then just that pie is different than the basketball pie. You want me to tell you? I'll tell you why they came to this lockout, because all the NBA guys were making millions of dollars in eight weeks or five weeks overseas than they would make all, all year uh, playing with the NBA. And I, I really believe that if they decide to say, let's create our own league, let's get our own revenues, let's get our own TV uh, marketing, they can do it and we'll watch it. We'll watch it because it's the same guys. It's just not called an NBA. Well, the thing is that negotiation should never be an argument. It should be passionate. It should be points of view. But it should also start out with what's the end result we're looking to achieve. Get really clear on that end result, whatever that might be, or the multiple end results that both sides are looking to achieve, and then negotiate one point at a time. Yeah. Get it done, get it real, and get everything moving forward. But how can you negotiate if both people are wanting more money? 
and and both sides are so uh, hard headed that nothing. There's never a lockout's like never ended with both sides being happy. That's why you come to some type of agreement. It's the same thing as when I say let's let's agree to a disagree kind of thing. Right. It's the same thing. Well, that's where you were when you started. So why go through the whole rigmarole of of a lockout if, if it's going to be a problem no matter what? I will have to thoroughly look at the contract, but I think there's some options where it won't go ten years. I think it was a ten year deal, but I don't think it's going ten years. It might have been seven. NBA, NBA, CBA is ten. Yeah, so, yeah. So you, you got to there's some type of agreement where they can get out of this and. And then they had different clauses. Like at first, there was a Larry Bird clause, and then mm-hmm. it became a um, uh, who's the other guy? Uh, got millions of dollars. There's a lot of them. Well, uh, well, yeah, about hundred millions of dollars. It's crazy. But you got those certain clauses that guys can't even get that type of money anymore. Right. You can't even go to a team that you want to go to anymore. Um, and I'm not even talking guys like the White Howard who's crying all over in Orlando. I'm just talking about. When you up, there's only a certain amount. Of, you can sign more with the team, original team you're with, as opposed to going to another team and trying to get more right. money. Right. So, and I don't know who that benefits. I think it benefits the team because I think there should free agency messed a whole lot of things up in football, and it's messing everything up in all sports now, um, except soccer. You got uh, Beckham playing over here in the states, and then he goes over there across the water yeah, and plays. Plays and, there too, and makes millions. Yeah. I mean, it's just difficult with basketball. Same thing with basketball. It's just difficult because, say, baseball, for example, there's no salary cap. So you can do whatever you want. You can pay them boatloads of money, and if they sit, that's your dime. But you have the salary cap and the NBA and the guys like Rashard Lewis, who who's played, he got a six-year, $115 million deal, I think. Last year, he played half the season and averaged eight points a game. And, it was and he's guaranteed. making $20 million. Yeah, because why do they have to play if they're set? So there's people that want to play basketball and people that want the coin, and once they get what they want, one way or the other, they, think, don't, have, they don't have to produce anymore. I think the money should be structured a certain way where you still got that passion for the game. But I've, if I'm playing for money, too. I'm playing to uh, set everything up. Not for me, because everything I want, I can get it during the season. What I want is to play basketball or football. I'm getting that. Uh, but I'm setting everything up for family and kids and everything. Down the road, right. and I can put cheese on my burger and instead of just getting a hamburger. I got a cheeseburger. Just not an almond school, right? Just then, not just not at uh, not McDonald's. Even, not, even, not even at no. McDonald's. Hmm. Not even there. No, but you have. But in the NBA, if you do, if you make it incentive based and not guaranteed, I, I like, then the whole team aspect is gone. I like the NFL. That. You can do right. that. I like that, but you know why it doesn't work? Because uh, Boomer Sion was supposed to make five hundred thousand dollars if he played one more game. Mm-hmm. The game before, he threw for four hundred something yards. So he didn't make five hundred thousand. That team set him out. That's set the thing everybody's out. looking for. So an incentive basis, yeah. you can control it. He was going to make five hundred some thousand dollars. He just got probably um, quarterback of the week or player of the week uh, by throwing four hundred some yards, and we win this game. Right. He sits out. Yeah, where's the loyalty? Not hurt. Now you make it incentive based like Peyton Manning wants to play so desperately. I don't even think his neck is healed, but so they can have a conversation. He wants to play so desperately. They're gonna restructure his contract, mm-hmm. and what they're gonna do is cut him. Now another team will be able to pick him up. <coughs> Go to the Jets. Arizona no, we just, get out of here. Go Jets. to the Jets. No way. I, I'm talking about to protect Peyton Manning. The Jets has. Oh, okay, de- fair enough. The oh, Jets okay. have a defense. With, yeah. Okay, fine. But you know I what? He's got a better chance to win here than he does there. Okay, yeah, you draw. No, because you know what? Look, <laughs> San Francisco is not going to. Well, look he, at that division. San Francisco is not right, going to have exactly. the year they no, did I this year. I say San Francisco. No, no, no. I'm saying that the, the, oh, the NFC West. He, he can get in the playoffs easily. Cause it's easy to get in the playoffs in the NFC West. It's to be a little bit more difficult in the East with the Jets. Difficult is good. That means you work for it, you earn it. You get it easy here. Like two years ago, Seattle was in the playoffs, seven and nine. 
I thought the team that go to the playoff this year might have been seven and nine again, but San Fran, San Fran went on the tear. Yeah. So the question is. Twenty-five second question. I don't know what the question is. Oh, the question is what? Well, your question. My question. Going back to. I, 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 you know what? You know what? I don't even know. I get sidetracked so, so quick. He's got owned, so it's, yeah, know, it's difficult for him to go yeah. back to the question. No, I after think I, I just think, rocked him right there. I think. Uh, but the thing too, we're, we're dealing with individuals on all. These, <laughs> we're dealing with individuals on all these teams. So no matter how we set it up, and no matter how much money we pay or don't pay, we're still down to if pay is being looked at, you're you're, you're only as good as what you're being paid. And then if you don't like what you're getting paid because somebody else all of a sudden is getting paid something more, and all of a sudden your performance starts to go down. Because you're or they want Super Bowl rings, like not Super Bowl rings, but mm-hmm. NBA championship. Dwight Howard want to go somewhere else because everybody winning, but him. There you go. Look, if that's the case, he's making four grand a minute. Stop paying the guys in college. Put your wine and Pay play the guys in college because they generate millions Out. of dollars. No way. Pay the guys in college. Quarm Live Sports Talk with Clancy, Alex Clancy, uh, Deborah Debris, Cindy Liska in the studio. Thanks for joining the show. We see you guys next week. Woo. We got, uh, don't forget Wednesday is a big day for somebody. Ooh, Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.